No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go! And good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, wherever you are. Monday night, and you're live with another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you for joining us. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand, no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast right here at 6 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I hope you had a lovely weekend because I certainly did. We've got so much to get through tonight, so much to get through, so much to address. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, patreon.com slash bumper. You can subscribe by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, ladies and gentlemen... If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, then you can do so by following me at Boogie Bumper. Ladies and gentlemen, Winning TV with a diamond straight off the bat. Thank you for joining us. DLive.tv slash Winning TV, or as I like to call him, the man who lost the... No, I'm just... I can't, I can't even pretend to do that. Don't worry. We will address... That's, that's the elephant in the corner of the room. So we absolutely will address what happened on Friday night. Uh, the game. The chicks versus the dicks. Uh, we'll get to that. Don't worry. Trust me. Trust me. Uh, Winning TV with the diamond said, wearing socks in bed is equal to foil not in drawer. That's a very good point. Uh, Gypsy of diamonds. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Thank you for joining us. A couple of diamonds from Gypsy. Um, yeah, wearing socks in bed. The title of tonight's show is because I couldn't think of a title. See, I'd like to be all esoteric with you and I'd like to leave like... What does, what does he mean by that? <laughs> but I can't. I just couldn't think of a title, so I was just like, eh. <laughs> Wearing socks in bed. Why not? It has no no other meaning whatsoever. I know it's I know it's a controversial issue. That's why that's why I made it the title. Because that's about as controversial as we're allowed to get on a show like this, ladies and gentlemen. Incidentally, uh, I have not yet put the X tag on for controversial content, so I may be, you know. I may be stepping very close to that line. Because wearing socks in bed is a big discussion, a big argument. It's very controversial, so I, you know, I don't want to, I'm not here to, I'm not here to kick every, anybody's sandcastle over, you know. I'm not pissing in anybody's cornflakes. But who knows? You can't be too careful. So we, we'll get to, look, I've got a, a lot of stuff. We, tonight we're going to talk about the spontaneity of crowds. We're going to talk about why you are so dumb. And, of course, before we get to any of that, though, I do have to address Chatterboot on Friday night, hosted by Rational Times and the lovely assistant. And there's a few ways that I can go about talking about this. I've decided on I'm going to do the persona of a coach in a press conference. Okay? I think that's the best way to go about analysing the game. So, as a as a coach in a post match press conference, 
So we ultimately went down. We ultimately went down 17 to 16. Okay, so let me now drop into my coach press conference persona. Uh, look, it was obviously a very disappointing result, uh, but full credit to the other team. Um, they they played well when it counted, and we weren't on our game. We didn't do enough. Um, obviously, if the result had gone another way, then, you know. Uh, but the thing is, I can't fault any of our players. Uh, we put in a really good performance. It was just one of those games where, you know, you had to be switched on for the full the full four quarters and you know just towards the end our our guys uh you know again problem perhaps we thought we had enough we had it in the bag but full credit to the opposition they did really well you know if you look at the statistics of the game because you know there's a lot of people out there who are saying oh the guys got done i saw steph was running his little fucking mouth around the internet over the weekend i saw your comments steph don't think i didn't and Steph always watches on replay because he's at work right now. So now that I've mentioned his name, he's going to go, oh, he's going to get excited. But then he's going to hear the rest of what I just said and go, oh, hang on, man. Hang on. So Steph's been running around saying, ah, oh, the guy's got whacked. Here's the thing. So the way it boiled down was, look, if you look at, look, if you look at all the statistics of the game, uh, you know, you would argue, like, if we went back and played the game again, we wouldn't do anything different. It was just one of those freak occurrences that can happen in sports sometimes. So I can't fault our guys. It was a tremendous effort. Our strategy was right. Um, you know, our execution was very good. But, you know, that that kind of a... The way I'll describe it to you is it was like a 40-yard touchdown pass with one second left. So we ultimately went down 17 to 16. And again, full credit to the chicks. I'm not taking anything away from the chicks because you've got to be... To, you, you won so you know of course I'm not saying anything but the way it panned out was we were get this we were fucking seven points in front going into the last round and before the last round the highest amount of points that anybody got for a single round was six and that was me okay so we were seven points in front and with the highest score the highest score that a team can get in a round. We got six in one round. The next best was five. I think we had one each at five and then a couple of fours each, but the best was six. And I got that with Ben Johnson. So we were seven points in front going into the last round. The highest single round had been six. And then, so it's the ladies turn and they get December to chat about and they got eight points in the last round. So I mean, you know. We, we played the game. We played well. We did everything right. Our strategy was fine. And, you know, if you're seven points in front with one round to play and the previous highest round score was six, then you would think that you're probably going to win. But unfortunately, like I said, we did everything right. I can't fault the boys' effort. We played really well, and I probably wouldn't change anything if I was to go back and play the game again. But... They had to be, they they pulled it out of the fucking bag with a miracle Hail Mary throw and got eight points in the last round to win by one. So what do you say? What can you fucking say, man? Full credit to the girls. Full credit to the girls, but honestly, there's nothing that we could have done any different. <laughs> what do you do? Shatterboot, and now the women go 2-0 up, but man, I'd love to get another crack at it one day. I really would. I think I would change. I, I I think I would change a little bit. Not the overall strategy. The overall strategy was working well. 
That being uh, select topics that the girls don't really know. Because I thought it was going to come down to bonus points. And in it, when it turned out we were seven in front with one round of play, I was like, oh, fuck, we got this in the bag. Don't worry about it, Phil. We're fucking nailing this, but unfortunately, didn't happen. So, you know. Uh, it was a great game to be a part of. It was a fantastic game to be a part of because, you know, everybody wants to be part of a thrilling finish in, a, in an encounter. But, of course, you don't want to be on the losing side of a thrilling finish. But, fuck, you know, sometimes you've got to play your part. Sometimes you've got to play your role. It's about how you get back up and get back out there. So we're going to be addressing, uh, you know, we're going to be looking for some improvements in the off season, of course. You know, it's disappointing to get to the championship game and ultimately go down. But like I said, can't fold any of the effort for the boys. Uh, it's been a great effort all year by the coaching staff to get us into a position where we can win it and we'll be hungry in the future and we'll look for, you know, a chance of retribution. No more questions. There you go. There's the press conference way of dealing with a humiliating defeat. Online. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Let's get into the show, shall we? Because there's a couple of issues I want to bring up with you. Because I, I'm afraid, ladies and gentlemen, you may find this next article a little bit concerning. Thank you for joining us. Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Clubhouse's rising popularity raises misinformation concerns. Yes. Got to be very careful about the misinformation. Who's, who's familiar with Clubhouse? Who uses Clubhouse? I've got to put my hand up and say I, I know of Clubhouse, but I never downloaded it. And I never used it because to me, it sounds like, and I could be wrong, but it sounds like um, like a gay hookup app. <laughs> so I can't download it. I'm sorry. Clubhouse. <laughs> I didn't know Boogs uses Clubhouse. Mm. <laughs> He's so delicious. I tell you, I just love that tall boogie. He's so pretty. Don't you think? Don't you think the branding of the place, Clubhouse, it sounds like a place where gay men go to have sex with each other. Possibly in like steamy saunas and shit, right? Walking around in bathrobes. Welcome to the Clubhouse, sir. <laughs> of course, you know. So I won't be, I, sh I shan't be downloading Clubhouse. But apparently it's an app out there where it's kind of like Telegram, except it's voice only. So you put little voice, you know, you put little voice grabs into the chat instead of text. And Clubhouse apparently, again, I don't have it, but apparently Clubhouse doesn't save these voice recordings. So as soon as it's listened to, I'm guessing it, it disappears. Which doesn't mean that, you know, people can't record it and shit like that, obviously. But uh, apparently the app doesn't host any of the previous conversations and stuff. Now, as you can imagine, if we're a member of the corporate media, and we're currently engaged in such conversations like, should people's private messages be moderated in order to prevent the spread of quote-unquote misinformation? That's a conversation that's happening right now. It's already happened. I remember in, I think it was 2018, I covered the story of in Brazil, the Brazilian election, right? They made changes to WhatsApp because WhatsApp is owned by Facebook. So after the Brazilian election, when, you know, the Brazilian version of Donald Trump, Bolsonaro, who they fucking hate, by the way, uh, when he won the election, the corporate media down there and up the reason I knew about it is because I read the fucking New York Times. 
So the New York Times was reporting on it as well, taking the angle, well, Bolsonaro only got elected because of the spread of memes and misinformation on WhatsApp. I'm not joking. So as a result of that, WhatsApp started to change rules. And it was like only four people are allowed in a private group in Brazil in WhatsApp. Um, your private messages, like, and the shit that you post in there, so a link or a meme or whatever can be removed by WhatsApp in your, like, in your group DM rooms. So that's what they were blaming back then. I said, look, this is going to happen. It's going to, it's going to happen in America. It's going to happen in Australia. It's going to happen in the UK because this is what these fucking people do. And they'll go to like a little junket and some representative from Brazil will be there and they'll go, you know what? Guess what we did in order to curb misinformation? Guess what we did after the election? We made the room smaller and we started moderating the private chat. Oh, really? That's a great idea. Maybe we should do that in Canada. Maybe we should do that in Australia. Maybe we should do that in America. I mean, Trumpism is running rampant. I mean, most, most fucking bureaucrat types are lefties anyway. Just as a natural, I think as a natural progression of, you know, what causes ideology is probably, you know, personality traits and, and personal beliefs and, and background and stuff like that, right? So that leads people to trend in certain ways politically. And then when they trend in certain ways politically, what they do for a living and how they conduct themselves is probably just an offshoot of where that comes from anyway, right? All in a, like a big line of progression. So most bureaucrats are fucking lefties. <laughs> so they get together and they have these little conferences where they go overseas or maybe it's just over Zoom now, which, which is good because then the bad ideas can spread much faster. We should all be very happy about that. Very happy. And they get together and they talk about, oh, this is a great idea. This is what we did. And they start bringing it to their own fucking jurisdictions. Clubhouse, an emerging social media platform born during the coronavirus-driven lockdowns, has given users a chance to connect through intimate audio conversations with virtual strangers, even while isolated at home. I would just do like racist stereotype voices if I had this app. I think that's what I would do. You know, I would call, I would call myself... Uh, Aussie boogie, and then when people want to talk to me, I go, oh, hurrah, you know, just because fuck them. Unlike traditional social media platforms where a user's footprint is more permanent, Clubhouse's chat room conversations are not recorded by the app, making it, quote, essentially impossible to discern the spread of false information or harassment. Emerson Brooking, resident senior fellow at the Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Lab, told The Hill, Quote, now this is where it gets good. Quote, because your words don't follow you the same way that they do with a Twitter account, you do feel more relaxed. And that means the app is working as intended. But of course, it means it also poses particular dangers, Brooking added. There are particular dangers, ladies and gentlemen. Perhaps there is some problematic stuff going on here. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Brookings said Clubhouse's model allows allows users to feel inclined to speak freely. <laughs> oh, how awful. <laughs> do, you see, do you see how these people just can't... They can't go a day without uncloaking themselves, right? They cannot help themselves. Listen to this. 
Brookings said Clubhouse's model allows users to feel inclined to speak freely. This is this is their problem. This is the problem. This is a problematic app because of this. These people are incredible. I mean, I mean, what about these rubes out there? What about these peasants out there who are getting this app and then feeling like they can speak freely? I mean, what about that? It's it's worse than Twitter because at least on Twitter, your words can follow you around so you can be made accountable for them. This is the way they think. It's not a difference of opinion, right? It's not just like some innocent little divide here. No, 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 no. These people believe that it is correct for you, you know, everything that you've ever said should be archived. So, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, if you begin to pose some kind of a problem for them, they can go back and go and pull one out of the drawer, you know, and go, oh, here we go. Look, here's another one. We found a tweet. Get rid of him. Fuck him off. So they're very concerned that there's this app where you can speak into a microphone, but they're very concerned that the app isn't fucking saving all of these voice recordings because for some people think they have a right to speak freely here. This is this is nothing but a like a it's a dictatorial mindset. It's just a fucking a need, a vampiric urge to just control people. I can't imagine waking up every day and being like that. I just can't. And maybe that's why we're the fucking pussies who keep losing all the time, to be honest. Because uh, what are you supposed to... You can't win. You can't win if it's a competition between those who want to control people and those who would never control people. (laughs) You know, because if you never control people, you're not going to control the people who are trying to control you. So you're fucked. (laughs) Listen to this. Have a listen to this. Brookings said Clubhouse's model allows users to feel inclined to speak freely. It continues, without necessarily contemplating whether they're sharing accurate information or the consequences of spreading misinformation. (laughs) The consequences. Clubhouse is designed to allow users to go in and out of chat rooms focused around wide-ranging topics. A listener can choose to participate by virtually raising their hand, and a moderator can enable them to become a speaker in the room. Okay, it sounds like a very democratic fucking, uh, you know, survivor-style stick of stick of talking kind of system. Okay, again, it's not for me because I'm not into gay cruising apps. I just, I'm just not. You know, I might be a little curious. <laughs> I can't commit full time. Moderators or the users who start the clubhouse room can also add or remove other speakers, allowing them to guide the conversation. Clubhouse has provided a platform for people to host informal panels across a wide range of fields, while traditional conferences and events have been cancelled due to the pandemic. You see see what I fucking told you? Now Now the shit can spread more quickly. But the informal nature of the app has already led to reports of the spread of misinformation. (laughs) This is how it starts. This is exactly the same fucking copy that they were running out after the Brazilian election 
when they started talking about, we need to moderate, you know, these DM rooms because people are sharing misinformation in there. It's a threat to democracy. That's what they'll say. Wait for it. It's coming. They're coming for all of them. And if you think this is just a left-right thing, allow me to fucking shatter that, you know, mythical creature of yours once and for all. Because even though most people didn't like talking about it, the reality was that during the Trump administration, William Barr, fucking Lindsey Graham, all of these other types, but especially William Barr, right? You know, good good old fucking William Barr, the ass kicker. He's going to save us from this shit. <laughs> really? Is he? Okay. So good old William Barr, the fucking ass kicker, the guy who's going to take them all to prison. He's got all the fucking subpoenas, mate. You should see there's the grand juries and everything. It's all fucking happening for William Barr. Uh, he was the guy who was publicly on record repeatedly, repeatedly saying that encryption needs to be done away with, that the government, the United States government, not only not, not only should, has a right to your private shit online. They have a right to it because, hey, we're protecting people. We're keeping people safe. I'm not joking. They wanted to ban encryption, encrypted messages, encrypted emails. No, we shouldn't allow that because this is dangerous. Fuck you, William Buff. Fuck you. And fuck all the people who pretended like that wasn't true. So whatever. It's not just the left-right thing. Like I said, it's a, it's a thing between the people who want to control everything and the people who don't want to control anything. Or at least anybody. I don't want to control anybody. Just fucking you do you, man. I'll do me, you do you, and let's stay the fuck out of each other's way. Not, not good enough. We need to be prying into everything you say. Hey, you could be spreading misinformation. You could be spreading disinformation. And this is a threat to democracy. Oh, thank you. Thank you, William Barr. Thank you, Mr. Barr, for keeping me safe. The article continues. Listen to this. Have a listen to this for a fucking quote. All right? Listen to this guy. Uh, but the informal nature of the app has already led to reports of the spread of misinformation, including the spread of false claims about the coronavirus and the coronavirus vaccine. Oh. As Vice reported earlier this month, such false claims have also continued to plague traditional social media platforms. You're a plague. A disease. The real disease is the science deniers. Even as Twitter and Facebook have pledged to crack down on the content. So they're not even, they're not, see, again, this is the thing. They're not happy that Twitter and Facebook have promised to quote unquote crack down, right, on people posting about coronavirus and shit like that. They're not happy that people are doing that. No, 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 no. Th these platforms aren't going far enough. Do you remember when I told you the next talk? This fucking, we, we, we had this discussion on this show months ago where we were talking about, you watch, that they're already moving on to the next talking point. We're still here discussing whether or not people should be banned and people should be kicked off platforms for saying what they think, but they are already talking about, have we kicked off enough people yet? Have we suppressed enough people yet? They've already moved on to that conversation. And you see now it's just baked in. It's part of their ideology now. People will repeat this unironically and say that they believe in it, even though it's just been inserted into their psyche in the last six weeks. And two years ago, they never would have dreamt of agreeing to something like this. 
but now they do. Listen to this. It's, quote, this is a quote. It's a huge concern right now that this might be an ideal gathering place for members of the anti-vaccine community. It's a security threat now. You having private conversations because you get kicked off every other fucking platform is a security threat. And whenever this is going to be the trend from now on, every time there's a new platform that pops up, anytime because you've been kicked off all of the other ones you'll go to it you'll try to support them and you'll say you know hey go and build your own shit every time this happens there's going to be another article written there's going to be another hit piece somewhere it's going to say hey i found a group of like six anti-vaxxers talking in a dm group we should ban this app this is the way they think The people who want to control versus the people who don't want to control. Forget about left and right at this point. Listen to this. It's a huge concern right now that this might be an ideal gathering place for members of the anti-vaccine community. Quote, because it gives people an opportunity to convene sympathetic clubhouses that are talking and elevating, elevating anti-vaccine content. And they can control the course of the conversation so other voices may not be heard. (laughs) Do you see the irony here? The dripping, delicious, fucking fattening irony of this? Holy shit, these people have balls. Balls. Balls that you would need a wheelbarrow to carry around wherever you go. Fucking dragging their balls on the ground. Using them to chock up a car when they change a fucking tyre, these people. Holy shit. Again, the problem with this app, the problem with this app is, and I quote, it gives people an opportunity to convene sympathetic clubhouses that are talking about and elevating anti-vaccine content, quote, 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 double fucking quote, (laughs) and they can control the course of the conversation so other voices may not be heard. This is coming from the same people who say deplatforming works. These are coming, this is coming from the same people. They're, they're, they're talking about they need to they need to moderate this app. They need to ban people gathering on this app because they them the people who ban everybody aren't able to ban them yet. That's what this article is arguing. It is fucking incredible. How many articles and shit, how many videos have we watched? How many references have we made to, you know, these people talk about constantly. The, the, the upside of moderating Twitter. We need to detoxify these platforms. We need to get rid of people who are problematic to the platform, right? They are open. They're just openly telling you now that if there is a platform that exists that prevents them from controlling the argument, because look, they're, they're, he's angry that the people in the conversation are controlling the conversation. Quote, and they can control the course of the conversation so other voices may not be heard. They want to they want to inject themselves into your private fucking conversations. 
They are they are regulating basic human interaction. Banning you off Twitter isn't good enough. Banning you banning Parler isn't good enough. Banning you off Facebook isn't good enough. Kicking you off YouTube isn't good enough. Destroying DLive isn't good enough. Destroying Trovo eventually isn't good enough. None of it's good enough. If you're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a friend of yours by using a private messaging service, there is some fuck in the government or in some kind of, you know, think tank or some kind of corporate interest somewhere who wants to be in there. He wants to put himself right between you and your friend and say, no, 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 this is what you're allowed to say. These are the, link the links you're allowed to share. These are the topics that you're allowed to discuss and nothing else. They want to insert themselves directly in between you and everything else and everyone else. And they won't be happy until they do. That quote again. And they can control the course of the conversation so other voices may not be heard. This is why it's problematic, you having private conversations, ladies and gentlemen. I fucking told, I told you, balls the size of fucking meteors, these people. I'll put that link in the chat for you so you can share that. You can share that with your friends on the gay cruising app Clubhouse. All right. Let's get into it, shall we? I've, I've got a story here that I'd need to touch on. The Australian Open tennis was just happening or is still happening. I think it's over, hopefully. I don't know. I'm not a big tennis guy. I've got to admit. Not a huge tennis guy. Used to watch a lot of tennis. Don't anymore. Because I'm, I'm getting older, so I don't have that much time to waste. So I'm not going to waste it on fucking tennis. That's for damn sure. Nothing against tennis, though. COVID. Australian Open fans criticised for booing vaccine. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Australia's Deputy Prime Minister has condemned, quote, the disgusting, disgusting, has condemned the, quote, disgusting behaviour of some of Austra of some Australian Open tennis final fans. Remember, by the way, that the the Australian Open went without fans for five days because of a snap government lockdown. Okay, people who have bought tickets and shit, right? So that happened. Um, the fans are being restricted from attending the games. Like there has to be a certain amount of fans that no more than that because otherwise, oh, we won't be social distancing. This is in Victoria, the fucking Victoria, the king of lockdowns in Australia, the place that had lockdown for three months, right? The place where the place where the woman was dragged out of her house in her pajamas. Remember, we played we played that video where the woman was dragged out of her house in her pajamas for posting uh, on Facebook that she was going to attend a rally. They came and arrested her for the crime of potentially breaching lockdown laws in the future. I'm at I'm not adding the in the future. That was the charge. You could be arrested if it was believed that you would breach lockdown sometime in the future. <laughs> literally, literally, you know, pre-crime. Thank you for keeping me safe. So this is in that state. And then after the final match, you know, obviously some politician or some fucking gypsy, I don't know. <laughs> let's have let's have a look. Let's watch the video. 
because I don't, I haven't actually seen it. A few people have sent it to me, but I haven't watched it yet. So obviously someone came out and made a speech and the crowd responded. Let's have a look. The trophy ceremony for the Australian Open men's final has been marred by booing. Tennis Australia president Jane Herdlicker was forced to pause during her speech last oh. night when she mentioned... Oh! <laughs> How awful for Jane Herdlicker. You unruly peasants. She was forced to pause during her speech because of you. Oh. <laughs> my my sincerest apologies, your highness. Fuck it. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I mean, and this poor woman, this poor woman having to briefly and having to momentarily pause during a speech. I mean, it must have been hell out there. Tennis <laughs> Australia president Jane Herdlicker was forced Se yes, to pause. Give, give me in the chat. Serious hardship for her. I mean, the crowd basically, let's be honest here, the crowd basically raped her. Okay? That's how bad it was. That's how high I put it up on the list. Nobody should ever have to deal with, nobody should ever have to deal with peasants, you know, spontaneously expressing themselves. <laughs> You know, they call it they call it peasants who are ruled over spontaneously expressing themselves. But here we like to call it a hate crime. <laughs> Did you realize that she had to pause momentarily during her speech? Unbelievable. Holy cow. Arrest them. Lock them up. By booing. Tennis Australia president Jane Herdlicker was Herdlicker. forced Great to name. pause during her speech last <laughs> night when she mentioned the rollout of the COVID vaccine. She thanked the Victorian government for ensuring the tournament continued despite wow. the hotel quarantine issue. You know what, though? Here's the thing. Now, um, a few American friends of mine have taken this out of context, okay? There's some things that need to be said here. Because if you're if you're a big anti-lockdown guy and you're engaged in the culture war on Twitter and stuff, you're gonna say, look, the people the people of Australia are standing up to to medical tyranny and shit like that. Don't read that much into it. Do not read that much into it. Any Australian will tell you that it is any Australian who attends sporting events will tell you that it is a tradition here to boo any mention of government at a sporting event. It doesn't matter who's in charge. Everybody boos, okay? <laughs> Everybody boos. The crowd fucking boos. And if you're the prime minister here, you go to a sporting event, you you know you know that the crowd's going to boo you. They all just laugh. They laugh. They openly laugh because they know that's what we do here. Any anytime you mention the government, anytime you say you're representing the government at a sporting event, the crowd will just fucking boo you. Boo! It doesn't matter who it is. They'll say to you, I even voted for the guy, but fuck him. Get off the field. Let's play some football. You know? Right? That's that's the way we address sport. Sport runs parallel to politics. It's not underneath it here. Uh, Minister of Fun, Kimmy with the diamond. Even the beer-drinking former PM? Yes. When he was PM, he would have been getting booed everywhere. Now, he hasn't been prime... We're talking about Bob Hawke here. Uh, Bob Hawke is known for walking through a crowd as even as like an old guy with bright white hair. 
He's known for walking through a crowd at a sporting event and people in the audience, again, I'm not lying, handing him beer and him drinking it down, like sculling it down in one hit. That's what he's known for. And then the people in the crowd go, yes, hockey, 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 right? He was a Labor Prime Minister. So when he was Prime Minister, he would have got booed constantly. But as a former Prime Minister who drinks beer that's just handed to him in the crowd, of course he's not going to get booed for that. We're Australians. <laughs> he's not going to get booed for drinking beer in a crowd. Fuck no. So, But if when he was PM, absolutely. No fucking doubt about it. So that's a tradition here. And the other thing to consider is, too, when you're talking to a city's population, right, who have been fucking locked down for months, who have been arrested for posting shit on Facebook, who have been criticised as being selfish and fuck you and you're killing people and stuff. The government has been whipping these people for months and months and months and months to then come out and praise that that particular government and say, oh, isn't the vaccine wonderful? Here's the thing. Maybe they're booing you because maybe they believe that you should keep your government and fucking coronavirus shit out of the sport, out of sport, right? They're not there for that. They're not there to attend a lecture entitled, the government is great and the vaccine is wonderful. They're not there for that shit. So shut the fuck up. You walk out there, you say, congratulations. If, if you're a representative of Melbourne, you say the city of Melbourne um, was so grateful to witness such a great sporting event congratulations to whoever won it here's the trophy that's it you get off the fucking stage when you're out there and you go oh but can we get a round of applause for the government please (laughs) first of all australians boo every fucking government doesn't matter who it is and second of all if you tell an australian to do like please cheer for this person you are guaranteed that 90 percent of the audience will give them the finger just because you said they have to cheer them fuck you Fuck off. Who the fuck is this cunt? I'm, I'm not joking. So they really have they really have shit the fucking bed on this one. But now, of course, oh, my God, these disgusting, these disgusting Australians booing, booing the coronavirus vaccine. We're saving lives here. <laughs> I mean, look at this quote here from this fucking minister, right? Let me, sh- where is this quote? Here's this quote. Look at this. Listen to this. The demonstration was criticised by Deputy Prime Minister Michael McCormick on Monday. He said, and I quote, I don't like booing at any event and certainly any sporting event. Yes, then why are you talking about fucking vaccines at the sporting event? They're not booing the sport, you tit. They're booing you. You. The fucking government guy. The politician who wanted to use the sporting event to talk about fucking COVID vaccines. That's why they're booing. And they've got balls to come out and say, I don't like booing, especially at the sport. Oh, I'm sorry, what fucking sport were you doing, minister? Go shit in your hat, mate. (laughs) The gall, the unmitigated gall. It's breathtaking. All right, let's carry on here. And snap lockdown in Victoria. Snap lockdowns, yes. It's been a time of... Oh, it's not a snap lockdown. Remember, we call it a circuit breaker now. It's a circuit breaker. Okay. Don't, let's not go calling things lockdowns. Snap lockdown in Victoria. It's been a time of... 
heartfelt uh, challenge. It's been a time of deep loss and extraordinary sacrifice for everyone. And with vaccinations on the way, rolling out in many countries around the world, it's now a time for optimism and hope for the future. Oh, no, and she had to pause as well. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, get what you get. Sacrifice for everyone. And with... I mean, this is not the first time that they've tried to argue in this country that we should ban booing at sporting events. The last time happened when there was a player, a guy named Adam Goods, an Australian football player, right? He was getting booed at games. Everyone was saying, oh, it's because he's black. It's because he's black. But it's not. It's, it wasn't because he's black. I know because I was at these fucking games. It was because he was doing dirty shit off the ball. Throwing elbows and stuff, tripping people over. That's why he started getting booed. The reason that everyone started booing him is because the fucking ideologues in the media who came out and said, it's because of racism we should ban booing. Nobody should be allowed to uh, boo Adam Goods. It's not fair. The reason why it caught on was because of that. Because then football-going audiences, who are usually like fucking blue-collar kind of people, these people who are going to the football said, they told us we're not allowed to boo. Let's boo harder. That's what happened. I was there. They said, that, that, you know, the media is telling us we're not allowed to boo Adam Goods. Let's fucking boo him more. <laughs> That's what happened. Oh, this is because of white supremacy. Fuck me, man. You really don't you really don't get anything, do you? You really don't get anything about just people. You don't get people. Everything you know about people has been autistically memorized from a fucking textbook. Nothing nothing of like your basic human interactions with other human beings has led you to this position. It's all shit that you've just read and now you're spitting back out at everybody. White supremacy. No, they, they, they were booing him because he was doing dirty shit on the field and now they're booing him because they don't like you. It's your fault now. What? <laughs> Let's hear that one more time. Vaccinations on the way, rolling out in many countries around the world. It's now a time for optimism and hope for the future. <laughs> well, the Deputy Prime Minister, Michael McCormack, has condemned the crowd's behaviour. He's condemned the crowd's behaviour. Just do what fucking Nancy Pelosi does, right? When somebody asks Nancy Pelosi, excuse me, Nancy, why are there people out there wearing black masks hurling Molotov cocktails into police stations? Her answer is, people do what they do. Just answer like that. Mr Deputy Prime Minister, do you have any comments for the crowd booing the vaccine announcement at the tennis? Just say, people do what they do. And if they say, that's not good enough, don't you think that this is dangerous? And I say, you tell them it's dangerous. It's not my bit, not my problem. Who knows why they were booing? Who cares why they were booing? People will do what they do. We've got shit to do. <laughs> Gives a fuck. God, we'll never have it. That's what makes me so sad. Me, me wanting like that style of governance, it, it makes me sad. It's like the psychological condi uh, condition that was identified 
following the release of Avatar the movie. Remember Avatar? There became a, an epidemic of people who would go into deep bouts of depression because the world of Avatar, which it, what is it? No, what's the name of the fucking what's the name of the planet in Avatar? Pandora. So people would watch this movie. I swear to God, you can fucking look this shit up. People were watching this movie and they would get so depressed because they'll never be able to go to Pandora because it's not real that they would start having to take fucking antidepressants and go to therapy. Some people were committing suicide because they couldn't live on Earth anymore because they were so depressed that they couldn't go to Pandora. I'm not fucking joking. <laughs> That's the way I feel when I think about, you know, government, you know, ministers and shit and government employees coming out and saying shit like, uh, do you have a comment for the people booing? No, I don't. People do what they do. Nancy Pelosi is the closest thing to it. <laughs> Believe it or not. Of course, you've got to have the approved opinions to be able to get away with it. But, you know, if only it was fair for everyone. Let's have a look. Well, I think I think it was rather dis disgusting. So this this is the Deputy Prime Minister. Oh, well, I think it was rather, dis rather disgusting. <laughs> I mean, he's openly, he's openly saying without any shame whatsoever. Think about where we are in 2021. This fucking prick with a stick up his ass is openly, you know, telling, proudly telling you that, no, 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 people, sh people shouldn't be allowed to express disapproval with what the government is doing. I mean, imagine the balls. Imagine the balls to try that 10 years ago, five years ago. Now it's just normal. No, no, no. The, the government should only be praised. Trust the science. We're on the side of science. Therefore, we're the good guys. So you have to believe everything we say because we tell you that we're on the side of science. Therefore, you can't boo us. That's spreading misinformation. That's disgusting. That's hateful. I mean, these people really do have fucking rocks in their head. But this, this, this is the ultimate you know, insult. This is what they think of you. They think that you deserve to be talked to like this. Oh, no, you know, people shouldn't be allowed to boo. No, no, I think that's disgusting behaviour. I'm sorry, who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you, chauffeur-driven suit? Go shit in your hat. No, 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 the, the people should be cheering our efforts. They shouldn't be allowed to boo what we're doing to them. This is the, the the dripping fucking elite. It chokes you, this level of elitism. I'm almost lost for words. Unashamed. Well, I think I think it was rather dis disgusting behaviour. I don't rather like booing at any any event and certainly any sporting event. Then don't go well, to... Then don't, I'm if you, sorry. If, I'm sorry. If you understand that the Australian crowds boo any mention of fucking government at a sporting event, then don't go to the fucking sporting events. What am I missing here? How fucking dumb are you, Deputy Prime Minister? How fucking stupid a human being are you? What would you say you do here? Right? If you know crowds boo governments, then don't go to fucking sporting events and expect to be cheered. Fuck you. Even if you do, you know cover yourself in the safety blanket of COVID fear campaigning. Don't don't rely on it because people will still boo. Oh no, they should be banned from booing. That's not fair. Fuck them.
is just un-Australian. It's, it's, it's un It's un-Australian! Oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! Aren't Australian? <laughs> Booing at a sporting event is the most Australian thing that anybody can do. Especially when there's some kind of mention of government. It is the most Australian thing. Wow, this fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I'll see you now. See you in hell. Now, if if there are any fellow Australians in the audience, I think Manda was in the audience before. Any fellow Australian, as soon as the term "that is un-Australian" quote unquote is mentioned, they will fucking cringe. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Every single Australian who isn't deranged, when they get told something is un-Australian, oh, that's un-Australian. It's like the most cliched fucking Australian cliche, if you know what I mean. Every time there's some kind of fucking outrage, everybody will always point at it and say, well, that's un-Australian, right? <laughs> Nobody tells you what Australian is because they don't want to be offensive or racist, but they'll tell you what un-Australian is every single chance they get. Every single time somebody's doing something Australian, they will tell you it's un-Australian. And then when you ask them what Australian is, they go, look, we can't define what Australian is. Australian is different to many different... It's home to many different people of many different cultures and many different backgrounds, and our diversity is fucking wonderful. I need to masturbate. But they'll tell you what's un-Australian at the drop of a fucking hat because they don't mind telling you that, oh, this, is, this isn't what Australia is all about. What's it about? We can't say... We don't want to say <laughs> it's too offensive. There's too many white people. <laughs> this fucking prick. Well, quite frankly, crowds booing at a sporting event is un-Australian. When did you get here, mate? <laughs> you must be new here. I haven't seen you around here before. They've only been doing it for fucking uh, over a hundred years, you fuck. <laughs> What an arsehole. <laughs> it is just un-Australian. It's un-Australian. is going to get our country back to some sort of pre-COVID normality. God. This vaccine is Look, going to prevent... I, lo I love that he's trying to be tough about it. <laughs> no, it's disgusting and un-Australian. Let me tell you how much... Let me tell you how much of this vaccine's dick I need to swallow. Let me tell you how good this fucking vaccine... Hey, hey. Hey, you idiots, you fucking stupid Australians out there who are booing at a sporting event. Number one, that's very un-Australian. Number two, let me tell you, this vaccine is going to get us to some kind of pre-COVID normal. <laughs> wow. Big commitment, mate. <laughs> hey. Hey. Hey, you idiots out there who are booing this vaccine, do you realise that because of this vaccine in 2023, you won't have to wear a mask outside anymore? Huh? Huh? Do you realise that, you ungrateful fucking swine? <laughs> yeah, I love that he's trying to be tough about it. What an ass hat. <laughs> what a shit cunt. <laughs> 
this vaccine this is vaccine. going to get our country back. And, to- and and it's also the nasally, nerdy little fucking chicken neck little pansy voice. Let me tell you, this is un-Australian. This is vaccine. He he's like the fuck. He's like the white Australian Ben Shapiro. Look, listen to this. Is going to get our country back to some sort of pre-COVID normality. Back to this normality. vaccine is this going vaccine. to prevent Australians from being in an ICU bed down the track. This vaccine <laughs> needs to roll out right across country. Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison rolled Fuck up his me. sleeve on Sunday to receive one of the first vaccines in the country. Earlier, he sat next to 84-year-old Jane Malishak, the first person oh, among... Earlier, our Prime Minister sat next to an old woman. <laughs> Hey? <laughs> <laughs> eh? Booing booing government officials is un-Australian. Earlier, our Prime Minister sat next to an old lady. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, man. <laughs> they they really just they really don't give a fuck what we think anymore. Do they? Wow. All right. Oh, I need a breather. With with that, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a quick five minute break. We'll be right back here on the Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Stick around. Narcissistic, and most importantly, completely pointless. Come waste an hour of your week with The Starting Block, Friday nights Australian time at dlive.tv forward slash The Starting Block. Get in touch with us on Twitter at The Starting Block, no K at the end. Also, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes by searching for The Starting Block, or one word, or on Podbean at startingblock.podbean.com. Join the Blockheads, tuning in in their millions right around the world. Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. I I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ, what are you, fucking Asian dick crazy? <laughs> you. <laughs> you have to ruin my evening. Like I, I'm just gonna just listen, you know, listen to my bud do their show, and you, you gotta, you just gotta do this. Without the hat. <laughs> so you're not enjoying it? No. <laughs> Dude, Asian oh, come dick on, Tracy. I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover in, in Argentina, but it's not working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I oh, come on, you secretly guy. love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> 
and there you have it. Uh, so subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Aloha and welcome to Pirate Radio, Ladies of Liberty, the hot seat. Or maybe this is my daily traffic report. I don't know. As you can tell, I, I seem to have a problem with commitment to one type of platform. I, I think doctors refer to that as uh, ADD. Uh, but anyways, if you want to follow any of those shows, you want to catch me live every single day of the week, you can follow me at Real Person Politics. That's Real Person P-L-T-C-S. Aloha. Another ain't no rest for the wicked Until we close our eyes for good UK Neil over at DLive for the Great Awakening Show. That's over on DLive at DLive.tv stroke UK Neil. Get yourself out of that matrix and get over to the Great Awakening. This Justin, the global official that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. All right, all right. This world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us Monday night here on the Daily Boogie Podcast. Absolute pleasure to be with you. Let's carry on, shall we? Um, of course, you heard about by now, you probably heard about by now, a guy named Rush Limbaugh died last week. Now, Rush Limbaugh, big, 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 big fucking radio guy in the United States. Very big. Like, he's known here. Like, I don't think he's he was hugely popular here, but I do know of people that were listening to Rush Limbaugh here in Australia. I don't know how. Maybe it was like, because this, I'm talking years ago, like 10, 15, 20 years ago, even people would talk about Rush Limbaugh here in Australia. So I... Maybe he was like on some radio station, like in the middle of the night or something. Or then once you started getting apps like TuneIn Radio and shit, people probably listen that way as well. But I have known people who listen to him here in Australia. I, I've got to be honest here. I was, I'm not going to say I'm not a Rush Limbaugh fan. I just never listened to it. I never listened to it. Uh, we have our own sort of right wing guys, you know, right wing shock jockey kind of guys here. So I probably grew up listening to them. I never really listened to Rush Limbaugh. That being said, though, his passing last week, although not unexpected, still affected a lot of people. Uh, you know, I mean, radio is a very intimate medium, I think, because 
you know, it's it's like we're having a conversation with each other, except, you know, the conversation's only going one way a lot of the time. So you'll if you're on a microphone for, you know, a while, you'll tell stories or you'll say things and you everybody knows everybody in the audience knows more about you than you do about them, right? And, you know, it can become people can become quite attached to radio personalities. I think even more so than TV personalities, because I think radio is more intimate, right? You listen to radio when you go to bed, you listen to radio while you're driving to work in your car. It's usually a one-on-one experience. You don't listen to talk radio with a group of people. You watch TV with a group of people, you watch sport with a group of people, you watch movies with a group of people. It's not as intimate. Whereas radio is it's more like the person is just talking to you. You know, you're listening with headphones and shit, right? So it's a very different thing. So, of course, when somebody like that who's been like a titan of radio dies, then people are going to gonna hit Minister of Fun Kimmy with the diamond, I'd be one of the people I laugh at if not for Rush. Oh, okay. You'd be one of the people you'd laugh at if not for Rush. All right. So, you know, he's obviously touched a lot of people. And I found this tribute on CNN, ladies and gentlemen, which I thought we should probably review it's from the lovely se cup and i thought that this was such a fitting tribute you, you know you wouldn't expect something like this from cnn but i really appreciate uh, appreciate the way se cup honors the memory of rush limbaugh here let's have a look r.i.p l rushbo i'm se cup welcome Rushbo. to unfiltered the news of rush limbaugh's death at 70 to lung cancer hit the airwaves and the internets to mixed reactions. Now, SE, SE, you know I like you, dear. You know I love you. And I don't, I don't mind SE Cubs. But she's a she's a wonderful lass. But SE, we've we've got to put a little bit of truth on the table here. Remember, we are we are talking about CNN, so we must be honest with people. SE, you're not young enough to say internets with an S. You, you, you're not young enough to pluralize the internet. I'm sorry. With the bold frame glasses, of course, never missing a chance to wear the bold frame glasses. Uh, you, you know, you you just say internet at your age. <laughs> Internets is for younger people, not the very young people. The very young people probably have some word that I've never heard of. But you know, the generation before you don't don't try and pass yourself off as young and hip, se. Okay, that's not why we like you. That's not why we're watching you. you should be ashamed of yourself. It's very un-American. Winning TV with a diamond. Bold frame glasses has me thinking on this one. Yes. That's a noodle scratcher, isn't it, Phil? Hmm? On the internet. All right. <laughs> Let's keep going. R.I.P. L. Rushbo. L. Rushbo. I'm S.E. Cup. Welcome to Unfiltered. The news of Rush Limbaugh's death at 70 to lung cancer hit the airwaves and the internets to mixed reactions. Many acknowledged Limbaugh's immense contributions to talk radio over 30 plus years. Yep. And others in right-wing circles, including former President Trump, uh-huh. lavished praise on the, quote, irreplaceable talent. Uh-huh. But others were less sympathetic. Limbaugh made... <laughs> yeah, now, less sympathetic might be a good way of... Da- might be a good way of describing dancing on one's grave. Less sympathetic. I like that. <laughs> good. 
I'm I'm glad the fucking Nazi is dead. I hope he's rotting in hell. I hope he's being raped by Satan while his children have to watch. Eh, some people were less less enthused. <laughs> some people were less sympathetic. I guess. You know, God bless them. Uh, you know, you're not allowed to boo at a sporting event, but you're allowed to. You know. <laughs> Made a career out of near constant controversies yes. that were at their best provocative and uh, like it like i said this is a very lovely tribute here from se cup we're at their best provocative and at their worst downright sickening just some of the lowlights included okay that time he accused michael j fox of <laughs> now again i can't believe we're still having to have this conversation in 2021 ladies and gentlemen but this is the moment in the little monologue here where se cup you know fueled by her dislike of Rush Limbaugh and her rage against him and what the things that he said over the years. This is that point in the the monologue that contains no self-reflection whatsoever, where Essie Cup will proceed to rattle off all of Rush Limbaugh's greatest hits. <laughs> now, I challenge anybody in the audience who hasn't heard of Rush Limbaugh, who's never listened to Rush Limbaugh, I challenge anyone in the audience to listen to this, like like I said, conga line of achievements and not like Rush Limbaugh by the time you get to the end of it. <laughs> because this is, this is how dumb the corporate media is. In order to describe how much they dislike Rush Limbaugh, they have to say all of the, the incredibly funny things that he's done. <laughs> Let's have a look. And at their worst, downright sickening. Sickening. Just sickening, some of the really. lowlights included yep. that time he accused Michael J. Fox of faking Parkinson's. He promoted awful conspiracy theories from birtherism uh -huh. to COVID denialism to the big lie. COVID denialism. He was a rank misogynist calling really? Vice President Kamala Harris a hoe <laughs> and feminist law student named Sandra Fluke a slut. <laughs> Called, he called a feminist a slut once. <laughs> oh. Oh, my. Yes. And where do I find this footage? <laughs> Actually, you know what? Since she mentioned it, I think I'm going to find the footage. I'm going to find the footage. I'm going to find the footage just, just for context. Rush calls... Feminist slut. <laughs> yes, yes, we have it. Okay. <laughs> now to that huge firestorm developing after Rush Limbaugh's controversial comments on his radio show. So, so this is this is from eight fucking years ago. Eight years ago, ladies and gentlemen, please. So Se Cup. Essie Cup is referencing something that happened almost a fucking decade ago. Remember, what was it? Was it last week when we did the... No, maybe it was two weeks ago. Remember we did that story where they were... Uh, the Tom Brady fucking story, right? And they were still talking about how he had a MAGA hat in his locker. And that was like fucking four years ago. We were like, this is insane. You're the one that's so obsessed with this shit. You're talking about a hat that was in a guy's locker from fucking four years ago. Like, you're still bringing it up. That's how much you've been stewing on this, seeing this fucking hat. He didn't come out and say he loves Hitler. 
He didn't come out and make any fucking white supremacist statements or anything like that. But you've been stewing on this one picture of a fucking hat in his locker for four years, writing about it, talking about it, thinking on it, being upset by it. I mean, you're crazy people. Now, that was one thing. S.E. Cup has decided to go into the way, but she's gone back fucking eight years for this indiscretion. I mean, <laughs> there are so many to choose from. I'm going to go with the one that happened nearly a decade ago in 2012. All right. He was a rank misogynist rank calling misogynist. Vice President Kamala Harris a hoe yeah. and feminist law student named Sandra Fluke a slut. Okay, so so calling somebody a hoe is is misogyny or just Kamala Harris? <laughs> See how this works? Oh, is she special, is she? Right. Because I I don't know, I grew up watching a lot of like um Wu-Tang and Cypress Hill music videos. <laughs> Seemed like every woman they came across was a hoe at some point. <laughs> Not necessarily just the vice president either. All of them. They're all hoes. They're all bitches and hoes, you know? But you know why? Because I was embracing diversity. That's why I was listening to it. I was embracing a diverse cultural background. I was respecting somebody else's culture. So don't criticize me, S.E. Cup, you fucking racist. Racist? She doesn't even want us listening to rap anymore. She's such a fucking white supremacist bitch. He implied then 12-year-old Chelsea Clinton was the White House dog. <laughs> she said feminism was established so as to allow unattractive women access to the mainstream of society. <laughs> and look at the look on SE Cup's face, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Feminism was established to allow access to mainstream... What was it? To allow ugly women access to mainstream society. <laughs> And S.E. Cup, S.E. Cup, the frown of disapproval. Look at that. Oh, very fucking salty. All right, so let's see what all the fuss is about. Here's a clip from eight years ago. About a Georgetown student in the center of the battle over contraception. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't want the ABEs. Look at this. Already eight years ago, they were already doing this shit. You know, playing themselves, talking about the clip instead of just the clip. Let's have a look. For two days, Rush Limbaugh what? has eviscerated Sandra Fluke on the radio. Eviscerated. What does it say about the college co-ed Susan Fluke, who goes before a congressional committee and essentially... <laughs> Did he, he had fucking Peter Gabriel as his intro music? I wanna be <laughs> your sledgehammer. <laughs> I didn't know that. I did not know that. Who goes before a congressional committee and essentially says that she must be paid to have sex. What does that make her? <laughs> it makes her a slut, right? <coughs> makes her a prostitute. She wants to be paid to have sex. Fluke, a third year law. Uh, okay, I wish I had more context, but unfortunately these fucks just pollute YouTube with their own little clips of the thing talking about the thing instead of just the thing, so... I mean, oh, wow. So that, that was the indiscretion, which SE Cup has been holding on to for eight long years, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Ben K. Veritas. I want to be your slut hammer. Pay me for my sexual inventory. 
slut hammer. He's from birtherism to COVID denialism to yep. the big lie. Yeah. He was a rank misogynist calling Vice President Kamala Harris a hoe and feminist law student named Sandra Fluke a slut. Uh, again, this, the beautiful part about this is SE is just now rattling off all the greatest hits, which we can now go and view ourselves. <laughs> which we can now go and look for the clips for. Thank you, SE, for all of the recommendations. You know, I never really, you know, SE, I never really listened to Rush Limbaugh before, but now that he's dead and it's really upset you, I think I must have to, I might have to investigate. What did he, what did he say? Slut. Oh, okay. Can I have a link, please? <laughs> when did he call, when did he call Kamala Harris a hoe? Can I get that one? <laughs> Chelsea Clinton is the White House he implied then 12-year-old Chelsea implied. Clinton. No, see, when, when people like SE Cup say implied, I immediately go, ah, oh, right, okay. So he didn't actually say it then. Because <laughs> that's what they mean when they say implied. They mean, this is the way his comment made me feel. That's what implied literally means. Oh, he was implying, was he? Ah, oh, right. So you ascertained... From his suggestion, it seems like he was implying, right? He didn't actually say it, though. So that's unfortunate, because I would have liked to have heard that since you mentioned it. The law student named Sandra Fluke, a slut. slut. He implied then 12-year-old Chelsea Clinton was the White House dog. He said feminism was established so as to allow unattractive women access to the mainstream of society. <laughs> very funny. He was also openly anti-gay, performing oh. a short-lived AIDS updates segment, mocking the deaths of gay men in 1990. Really? That and of course, sounds... he was racist. Really? Really? That sounds interesting. And racist as well. Wow. <laughs> it sounds like he's got it all. <laughs> when asked by a caller if black people should have a bigger voice on the issues, he said, they're 12% of the population. Who the hell cares? <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, so he's racist for not caring enough. Oh. <laughs> he should be throw he should be washing the feet of black people to prove how much he cares, like you, I see. Then then he won't be a racist anymore. <laughs> Again, this is supposed to be a hit piece. She's telling me all of his greatest fucking hits. He once told a black woman call her to take that bone out of your nose and call me back. Essie <laughs> <laughs> is trying not to smile here. Look at this. She's trying not to laugh at that. Look at that. You racist bitch, Essie Cup. You racist bitch. Exactly. Bot the chat. Why is she trying to make me like Rush? <laughs> look at SE look at SE Cup though, the racist cunt. She's laughing at that. She's laughed. That looks like a smirk to me. Headline today in Vice. What was S what did SE Cup mean with her smirk when she made a racist comment regarding Rush Limbaugh? What did she mean by that smirk? The white supremacy of SE Cup. I mean, has anybody analysed all of the books yet on that bookshelf? 
She's got a little, it looks like a little Tower of London kind of statuette there on the bookshelf. But to be fair, it kind of looks like a penis. And these kinds of phallic representations on mainstream media really perpetuate white male supremacy and the oppression of women. So she's a fucking Uncle Tom as well. Throw that in there. Why not? It's what you fucks do. It's what you fucking idiots do. <laughs> Why not? Why can't we all do it? Let's go. Let's go, SE. When asked by a caller if black people should have a bigger voice on the issues, he said, they're 12% of the population. Who the hell cares? He once told a black woman, call her to take that bone out of your nose and call me back. Just this past month, he endorsed the violent insurrection at the U.S. Uh, Capitol building, dismissively saying, we're supposed to be horrified by the protesters. (laughs) His awfulness wasn't subtle. It wasn't cleverly couched. It was overt and Uh, importantly, well-received by uh, its intended audience. Yes, you're the problem. So it's taken SE Cup precisely one minute and 55 seconds to move this monologue into demonising people who liked him. (laughs) They never miss an opportunity, do they? They never miss a fucking beat, these media types. Straight, the first chance she fucking gets, the first sniff she gets in those nostrils of hers, which are holding up those hideous leopard skin bold frame glasses. The first whiff of it. Ah, yeah, that's right. And the the real troubling part, the real problematic part, the real dangerous part of all of this is how you liked it, you disgusting swill. In short, Rush Limbaugh helped shape the modern Republican Party. Oh, oh just now, the Republican. Now, a generous accounting might say that Rush tapped into a growing right-wing populism by adeptly calling out the hypocrisy decadence and elitism of the left by railing against the political and cultural establishment by saying the things many were thinking but too afraid to say Mm. but the more honest assessment is that (laughs) that's the diesel i want to hear i want to hear what se cups version of honest assessment is because I, I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to be terribly difficult for SE to convince many people in this audience who are watching this clip with me right now that the guy who would say to a caller, take the bone out of your nose and call me back, had an issue with being honest with people. I'm going to, I'm going to find that very hard to believe, to be fair. I mean, if he, was, if he was willing to say that to people... Then you know I'm kind of kind of going to think well he's at least he's up front. <laughs> so I, I want to hear the honest assessment of what took place here. Come on. But the more honest assessment is that he didn't just tap into populism. He exploited its worst undercurrents: the grievances, the resentment, the anger, the racism, the bigotry, the xenophobia. He spent years fomenting it. Turning neighbor against neighbor, American against American. (laughs) Coming up after the break here on CNN, why you should distrust white people. But I just call it being free. Coming up after the break, why your white neighbor is oppressing you. Here on CNN. 
Coming up after the break, Essie Cup's honest assessment. <laughs> oh, you adorable, you adorable woman. I love her. I do love her. I do love her. She is adorable. Carry on. Giving permission to all his listeners to join him oh. in devaluing the lives of others. Oh, that's And he didn't just call out hypocrisy, decadence, and elitism. He lived those things. He mocked minorities and women and gays for their failings. From Did you notice that? When she said women, and the cloak slips once more, ladies and gentlemen, when she said, because she said he mocked minorities, women, gays, when she said women, she pointed at herself. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I am not joking. If you didn't catch it, let's have a look here. Watch this. Watch this. When she says women, she points at herself. And he didn't just call out hypocrisy, decadence, and elitism. He lived those things. He mocked minorities and women and... Right. Minorities and women... There. Now wildfire is raging deep inside. This one touches SE very personally. Now I'm wondering if Rush had anything to say about SE Cup over the years. Because if if she's willing to bring up a comment from eight years ago as though it still matters today, I'm guessing Rush could have said something about her in passing once 20 years ago and she's been waiting for this moment. Waking up every day, Googling, is Rush Limbaugh dead? <laughs> because that's a little psychological little fucking tell there and SE doesn't know that she did it. Women like me, I'm a woman. Women like me. All women. He attacked me and therefore he's attacking all women. He hates us all, girls. Right? The wonderful Essie Cup, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Where shall we go here? Where shall we go to? Mm, COVID, COVID, COVID. COVID. Hmm. I'm not sure where I want to go from this. You know what? Actually, let's do a multiple choice. I'll tell you what. Let's do a multiple choice. Last item for today. Now... I'll give you I'll give you a choice between two, okay? Now we can either we can either do one of those makeover videos where the girl is like a hideous goth creature and she gets transformed apparently into a beautiful thing, or we can catch up with Toddles. Toddles is very unimpressed lately with some of the comments he's been receiving on YouTube. They haven't been keeping him safe. 
and he does it like a little a little clapback video, a little retort video. In regards to some of the commenters on YouTube talking about the state of his room. <laughs> so that's option number two. So press one in the chat for uh, makeover video. Press two in the chat for Toddles clap back to the audience. Tell me what you think. coming back the twos coming back i think that i think the twos might have it ladies and gentlemen the twos have it all right let's do this that's all right we can go back to goth girl another day i i have been wanting to check back in with toddles for some time so this is going to be fun we haven't seen much of him since his ill-fated presidential run um the knife throwing video was very good that was a memorable one also, the one where he was dancing topless in his room in front of the window and then watching for people walking past. That was also fun. Uh, Toddles, if you're not aware, he does quote-unquote cooking videos, which are just horrifying. Uh, we Remember the, the cooking video we watched with Toddles where you know we had Frozen Asian on the show and we couldn't determine whether the, the, substance, to, the substance around the hot plate was grime rust or food product we couldn't tell which which it was uh toddles ran for president he said he was going to be the best president for black people because they're a good breed quote unquote uh he also wanted a big america that kept out all the immigrants he said everybody should be welcomed but there should be a strict immigration policy he's a fucking genius we love toddles so apparently Toddles has been getting some comments about the state of his room, which we have spoken about here on this show, I'm not going to lie. It is an absolutely filthy fucking cesspit, this room. Uh, at his mother's house. And you can see there, he's doing the thing. He's doing the thing that I used to do when I first moved out of home when I was 18, I think. When I moved out. Uh, he's doing the thing that I used to do, for I, which I did for about six months when I was 18, which is just store all of the empty alcohol bottles and cans and shit on the shelves and the desk in my room when I was living with a housemate. Um, not not for trophies or anything like that, just because you're drinking a lot and you just put it down and you don't put it in the bin. When you first move out of home, you are filthy because you don't have anybody telling you to clean up. That's true. It's true. Well, at least it was for me. I relished the opportunity to be filthy in my own room. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Because you'll be drinking, laying in bed, you know, you've got your girl, girlfriend over or whatever, you guys are drinking in your room because you're, you're sharing a house with other people. So it wasn't it wasn't uncommon to the house I was living in because I was working like seven days a week back then. I was working weekends. I would Sometimes I would wake up at like three in the morning to go out to the kitchen and get something to drink and there'd be like people fucking on the lounge room floor, you know, music going and stuff. And they go, hey, books. And I go, all right, I'm going back to bed. Fuck, you know. I'm getting up at 5 a.m. to go to work, right? Put my headphones in, just block out all the noise. Those are that. Those are experiences. You've got to have them too. So I know, I know a filthy house when I see one. 
at this by the same time though the man who was running for president toddles who i think is probably in his late 40s who's living with his mother is still doing the shit that i did for six months when i was 18 which wasn't yesterday <laughs> so let's have a look he's getting very upset he's getting very upset that people in the youtube comments of his videos are talking about the state of his room Uh, Jim N-Word in the chat. Sounds like Boogs lived in a punk house. It wasn't a punk house, Jim, but myself and the other guy that I was living with were both playing in bands at the time. So that's a true story. The, actually, the guy I was living with was like three years older than me. He taught me how to play guitar and we were living together. <laughs> so, yeah. He was in a band, I was in a band. His, his band was like much bigger than mine, but we were both still like musicians at the time. So there was always musicians over, you know, there was always band shit happening. There was always music taking place all night, all the time, right? <laughs> there was always strangers in the house. You didn't know who they were always, so, you know. But it's good times, good times. Oh, I'm a hoarder. Oh, I'm a hoarder. Oh, I hoard. Oh my God, I got shoes down there. Oh my God, I'm a hoarder. I'm a hoarder. Now, I, I can, I'm a little bit of a hoarder myself, but the shit I hoard is like, you know, like music, musical equipment. Like I've got like five guitars, a bunch of fucking leads that I'll never use, you know, uh, audio equipment and shit like that. I hoard stuff like that. I also hoard shit from my childhood. Like I have a mad magazine collection that I had when I was like fucking, that I started collecting when I was like 10 years old, right? So I've got a big mad magazine collection that I hoard. Shit like that I hoard. Now he's being accused of being a hoarder, but look at the shit in his room. He's hoarding beer cans, ladies and gentlemen, and resting them on the windowsill. <laughs> so anybody walking past can see a hobo is squatting in there. <laughs> I mean, he's always walking around with a shirt. His dartboard isn't even on the wall. And you can see the darts right next to the dart. I wonder if he lays in bed and throws darts at the dartboard, which is leaning up against his fucking wardrobe. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my God, I got shoes down there. Oh my God, I'm a hoard. I'm a hoarder just because I have shoes on the floor. Oh my god, I hoard just because I have sandals on the floor. Oh my god, I'm a hoarder. I'm a hoarder. Oh my. I'm a hoarder. I'm a hoarder. I'm a pony. I'm a pony. Just because I have shoes on the floor. Oh my god, I hoard just because I have sandals on the floor. Oh my god, I'm a hoarder. I'm a hoarder. Oh my god, I'm a hoarder. Oh my god, I'm a hoarder. I have a dartboard right there, and I'm gonna put up when I move out one day. I can even though I can put. He said, look, I've got a dartboard down there that I'm going to hang up when I move out one day. <laughs> oh, I fucking love Toddles. <laughs> you know, one day I'm going to move out. One day I'm going to move out and then all of you fuckers who are laughing at my dartboard, then you'll be sorry. <laughs> I'll show them. You know, Toddles, they do say the best defense is living well. And one day, you'll have a wall of your own. You'll be able to hang whatever you want on your wall. <laughs> it won't be mother's wall. It won't be someone. Because you know what, Todd? 
because you've got to aim high, don't you? You know, one day I'll have my own wall and I'll hang my dartboard on there and then all of you fuckers laughing at me, then you'll be sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The future president of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. Hoarder. Oh my God, I'm a hoarder. I'm a hoarder. I'm a hoarder. I'm going to move out one day, even though I can put it in the basement. Oh my God, I'm a hoarder just because I have a basket right here, a laundry basket. Oh my God, I'm a hoarder because these are all my mom's clothes when people... He doesn't even know. <laughs> weird. That This is the epitome of weird flex, bro, isn't it? Oh, look, people are saying I'm a hoarder because of the clothes in my wardrobe. Well, I'll have you know that my mother's clothes are in my wardrobe because they were there when I moved in. Hello? <laughs> oh, he's an absolute fucking genius, Toddles. We love our Toddles here on the show. <laughs> we're 30 seconds in. Where I moved in and lived with my mom. Yeah. These were her. These are her clothes in her closet, which I don't use. Oh my god, I'm a hoarder because I organize my clothes here in these drawers. No, they're I'm a her clothes. No, organize- toddles, toddles. No, no, they're her clothes, mate. You're not organizing your clothes. You're keeping your mum's clothes organized. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> I'll take care of them for you, mum. I'll take care of them. Can that come out of my rent, please? Should probably should probably get uh you know we I don't think that this is too far fetched I think we could propose that Todd move in with uh, Dayton Hypernova they're both looking for a roommate why not I mean is there anything necessarily wrong with that idea I mean look at the way both of these people live I think it'd be a perfect it'd be like Balky Baltuckamus and God what was what was Cousin Larry. I forget Larry's last name in Perfect Strangers. I tell you what, 100 internets to the person who tells me Larry's last name in Perfect Strangers. Exactly. I smell a sitcom, Jim Edward. Fucking oath, don't you? Wasn't Larry Bird. <laughs> Evil Eric, Larry Bird. <laughs> Can't put my lighter. Was it Appleton, was it? Larry Appleton. A hundred internets to Jim N-word, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, I think we get Dayton Hypernova and Toddles. They can live together. I think Toddles is... No, actually, Dayton would have to be more like Balky. And Toddles would have to be like Cousin Larry. Because Toddles has a job. He has an actual job. Remember, we played clips of him at his workplace. Toddles has a job where he works in like some kind of warehouse atmosphere and the black people make fun of him. (laughs) 
the black people at his work stand there and say, um, Todd, Todd, tell us that story about how you were acting tough at the house party. And then they film him. Remember, we played the video. And the guy was like, man, I'm going to upload this nigga every fucking day to my channel. This nigga is fucking whack, man. Yo, yo, Todd, yo, tell us about how, like, remember, like, at that party you were saying the other day how you was, like, acting tough and shit to a nigga? Tell him about that story, Todd. Tell him what happened there. He's like, oh, yeah, and then I was, I, I walked up to this guy and I said, hey, you know, you need to fuck off. Like, this is right. And they're, la- they're openly laughing in his face. Oh, yeah, is that what happened, Todd? <laughs> the Spurs, you bond. <laughs> All right, let's carry on. That's my clothes. And fold them and put them in there. Oh my God, I'm a hoarder. Oh my God, I'm a hoarder. And I organize my bills and my papers. Oh my God, I have a hamper where I put my dirty clothes right here in the corner. I'm a hoarder. Oh my God, I'm a hoarder. I have my curl bar down here to lift. When I want to lift weights, I'm a hoarder. <laughs> I have a little refrigerator down here. Oh my God, I'm a hoarder. I hoard. I got slippers down here. Sandals. I'm a hoarder. Oh my God. Forgive me, I'm a hoarder. Give me a break, crying out loud. God damn. Yes. Give me a break, crying out loud. God damn. Is Toddles a little autistic? Is he a little autistic? Oh my God, I'm a hoarder. Give me a break. I got my cans here. I got my lifts because I like to do curls. I like to do weights. Well, you know, I'm gonna. I got a dartboard. When am I gonna hang up my uh, my dartboard on the wall? <laughs> He's a little bit Rain Man, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, 50, yeah, 52 pieces of trash on the bedroom floor. 52 pieces of trash. I'm a hoarder. Oh, my God, I'm a hoarder. I'm a hoarder. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Yes? My child. Oh, my God. Look at this. I got a bed right next to me. I'm a hoarder because I I lay on my bed and I sleep on my bed. Right can, you imagine, can you imagine the state of those sheets? Fuck. What a nightmare. I guarantee you when he goes to bed at night, he needs to like tear the sheets apart and it makes a sound like Velcro because of all the stale cum sticking the sheets together. You know what I mean? Like ripping open like ripping open Velcro shoes back in the early 90s. Double up at the same time. Imagine a stick. I mean, he looks, he looks like, he looks, this setting, it, you know, this looks like a fucking terrorist doing a video from a cave in Pakistan. You know what I mean? This looks like the way they live. Oh my God, I'm a hoarder. A hoarder. Look at that, I got BB guns in the corner. I'm a hoarder because I got a Red Rider back there in the corner. Ooh. I got so, snacks in the- Don't, don't mess with him, guys. He's got BB guns. <laughs> He's got pellet guns. He's he's flexing on pellet guns. <laughs> I I do like that he keeps a a supply of snacks in his room. You see, because he keeps a supply of snacks in his room, I suspect because mother doesn't let him use the fridge. But just say he did. This way, he keeps a little fridge in his room and a little supply of snacks, so he doesn't have to interact with her. I know that trick. I know that trick. If you're living with somebody and you want to, like, avoid contact with them, you just start storing shit in your room. Alcohol, food, whatever. 
just to reduce the opportunities that you'll have for passing them in the hallway because the thought of passing them in the hallway drives you nuts because it'll start again. You'll aggravate them again and you just want to stay out of the line of fire, you know? So you just start hiding. I know that feel, Todd. Of course, you know, as a as a man nearing 50 years of age, I would have thought that you'd be beyond that. What I was thinking was more perhaps up to the age of, say, 12. I would understand if you were doing that up to 12. Yes, storing alcohol and cigarettes in your room. Because fuck that. But no, as a near 50-year-old man, still doing it. Basket right here. I'm a hoarder. I'm a hoarder. I'm going to eat those snacks one day when I feel like it. I'm a hoarder. God damn. People are crazy. Oh my god, I'm a hoarder just because I have all the family videos on the floor and I'm going to watch later. I'm a hoarder. <laughs> Give me a break. Oh my god, I'm a hoarder just because I have three beer bottles back there that are empty that I didn't want to take out that I'm leaving there. Eventually I'm going to throw in the dumpster. <laughs> eventually, eventually I'll go out of my room. Eventually I'll leave my room, but I didn't want to take them out now. He said three beer bottles, but he failed to mention the fucking dozen beer cans that were next to the beer bottles, of course. You know, I'll take them out later. I don't want to do it now. I don't want to go out there. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid my mother. I'm trying to avoid my mother who's stalking the hallways like creeping fucking death. <laughs> I'm just... I the, the ideal scenario for Toddy is he stays in his room for a week and then walks out and his mother is dead in the hallway and he'll be like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Finally, I can use the kitchen again. <laughs> I've been surviving on a... I've been surviving on a diet of salty snacks and cheap alcohol for the better part of 10 years. Thank God mother is finally dead. Now I can cook myself a fajita. But he'll fuck it up. Once he gets, he'll get the freedom in the kitchen and then he'll fuck up the fajita. He'll burn the bread. He'll burn the fucking meat, right? He won't wrap it properly. There'll be lettuce and shit all over the floor because he's a, he's a mess. <laughs> Ludwig in the chat. And people say eugenics is bad. <laughs> I'm only leaving there for like four days or three days and then I'm going to dump him in the dumpster. That makes me a hoarder. Yes. Oh my God. I love the pretty pink fan though. The, the pink desk fan. It's wonderful. I'm a hoarder. Oh my God. Look at this. I'm full of, my room's full of trash. I got, I'm a hoarder. What can I say? Yes. Man, people are so. Man, <laughs> off-putting, like. Man, people are so off-putting. <laughs> right. We might leave it there for today, ladies and gentlemen. What do you say? Thank you for joining us. Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Don't forget to follow some of our friends. Coffee Talk with Sandra, Rational Times, everybody's favourite lover of Frenchman Mersh. Uh, JJ Stone and Joy of Pessy, Winning TV, Victor Von Schroom. You got the Kimmy Show. Don't forget about the Kimmy Show. You got the Kimmy Show. Iceman double four double three. Uh, Chamani, of course. JJ Stoner, Royce Lopez, um, Major Tom as well. And anyone else I may have forgotten. Uh, I'll be back on Wednesday night with another edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. 
Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to accuse me of being a hoarder, then you can do so. Oh, tomorrow's... Oh, wait, wait. You know what? Fuck that. Tomorrow is uh, Ambelina's birthday. Ambelina being the the mummy of Bummy... Uh, Bummy. <laughs> we should call him Bummy. Uh, Ambelina being the, the mummy of Bumpy the butt plug. So we have to do our little tradition here on the show. Now, uh, Ambelina is a Texan, a proud Texan, so I think we should do a very traditional Texas Texas birthday video for our friend Ambelina. So everybody say happy birthday to Ambelina because it's tomorrow. I won't be doing a show. And let's go out tonight with, like I said, a very traditional, a very traditional Texas happy birthday song, ladies and gentlemen. Happy birthday, Ambelina. I'll be back on Wednesday with another edition of the Daily Boogie. Until then, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Traditional Texas birthday Just being informed in the chat, it's Paige's birthday as well. Wet sandwich. So this is also going, how about that? Ambelina and wet sandwich birthdays on the same day. Happy birthday to Ambelina and the wet sandwich. Drum solo. Very traditional American birthday song. It's past the potato's youngest son tomorrow, 13. Everybody's having a fucking birthday. Well, happy birthday to Pastor Potato Jr. with a very traditional American birthday song. <laughs> Chipsy with the diamond, happy birthday, bitches. <laughs> Ducks Regina says, I'll be in Houston tomorrow. Well, then you can share this very traditional American birthday song. All male cheerleaders too, because we're very progressive here. Happy birthday. Very traditional Texas birthday song. 
The cute Indian girls see us off for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Happy birthday. We'll be back Wednesday night. Another edition of Daily Boogie Podcast. Till then, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. Thank you for the diamond pass the potato. Thanks, Boogie. You're the best. Happy birthday, everyone. All right. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Susan Fluke, who goes before a congressional committee and essentially says that she must be paid to have sex. What does that make her? It makes her a slut.